We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. up everybody and welcome to the college football grinders live edition here on thursday walking you through the main slate for saturday getting you ready for all the good college football action as always on this thursday show joined by two of the uh, brighter dfs guys out there for college football dan bach db 730 and sean newsom psu fans our projections guy here so let's start with sean sean how you doing man Oh, not bad. We got the USA win last night. Turn on your microphone, Sean. Today, so, you know, not bad at all. Hopefully, again, we're still striving to not get absolutely destroyed on the DraftKings main slate. Uh, one of these days, it's probably going to happen. Um, hopefully, that is this week. Yeah, we'll talk some strategy here in a minute. I, I, I want to ask you a question about the strategy on this slate, but uh, I'll go to Dan now, DB. Uh, we are already – in week seven, it's almost that time because we're coming up on Halloween. It's almost that time to like count down to Thanksgiving. And when Thanksgiving hits, man, I was just thinking about that today. When Thanksgiving hits, yeah, that's the weekend after the week that that weekend after Thanksgiving is done. So it's not that far off, man. It isn't. And I will say, though, this past week was uh, the first kind of like DFS on steroids week we've had. I mean, if you didn't put up a ton of fantasy points last week, you really suck. I mean, everybody went off. It was it was crazy. Jeff like Cunningham. just the the the, 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 the yeah, it's minus Malik Cunningham. Um, but the scoring was just through the roof. Like there were probably people who thought their teams were 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 golden, and then next thing you know, like uh, they got caught late. But it, I think it was just a perfect example of just the awesomeness that is dfs college football just scoring left and right watching your teams go nuts haven't had a lot of that this year but last week was a full example of it yeah it was uh it was fun and it's going to be this week looks really interesting just real quick just i've you know i've 
looked at the slate a lot, trying to get prepared for the week. So I have a question for Sean. In what scenario, like, would you ever, would, could because this week really pushes the limits here, would you ever play a fourth running back as opposed to a second quarterback in your lineup? Because this week, some of the quarterbacks are really – they're really not good, man, but I'm finding so many good running backs. Like, would you ever do that, even in, in a GPP? Certainly not a cash game, but GPP, would you ever think about throwing in one of these bad boy running backs? No. Keep short, no. I mean, no? one of the one of the quarterbacks will, will do fine, just a matter of who it is. Um, there, are not, there are a lot of good running back plays on this play, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But, yeah, no, I'm, I wouldn't do it. Um, I would still play one of the quarterbacks. I would take my chances in that scenario. I, I, mean, I just couldn't do it. Here's my thing, though, Sean. People have won GPPs playing four running backs. Like, it's yeah. especially, like, the big ones, like the 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 $15 on, on DraftKings. Um, I, I tend to agree, like, the higher stakes, the cash games, the single entry, it's probably not the strategy to go. But you can definitely win top you know those those high variant tournaments by by getting that that fourth running back in um yeah so but I'm, you can you can do anything it's it's gpp like you just but it, slap yeah but stuff together but just to say like it's it's terrible like yeah it might not be optimal but it can still work is the point i'm trying to say and it has worked sure. there's been evidence of it sure like but it is terrible because like if something's going to work five percent of the time and you're gonna do it well that makes it terrible but still but, but here's yes it can work i'm, I'm not saying it but, cannot work but that's totally skewed though because 90 percent of the people are putting in two quarterbacks so if only five percent of the time somebody plays one quarterback but they end up winning like that's that's skewing the results to say only five percent of the time it happens when not that many people are doing it in the beginning so sure but again like i said i look people try to do too many fancy things everyone tries to get fancy with how they make stuff i'm just going to make the best lineups and in the long run that's going to work out better than making suboptimal lineups. so if you just focus on making optimal decisions no matter what you want to do over the long run it's going to end up being a positive so for me it's like i'm not going to go suboptimal just to go suboptimal uh in general, like that said, like, I don't know, some of the short slates, like some of the three or four game night slates were quarterback plays terrible. It's a lot more viable there. You give me a 12 game main slate and there's at least some quarterback options that make sense on the slate. I'm not going to generally go running back in the flex in those or consider it realistically. Honestly, I, I, I'd probably be more willing to consider some top end receivers and playing like a fourth receiver instead of the running back some of the time because those guys the, the top end receivers like the drake london's the josh downs those are the guys that have like 50 point upside more frequently than even some of these running backs um but yeah i don't know blanket Fair. statement no um would i do it no would i consider it no can it work sure but anything can work it goes goes back to the whole story of like it's gpp throw whatever you want against the wall hope it sticks anything can make sense if you tell the right story um but for me, storytelling, I like to be black and white. This is an optimal play. This is very suboptimal. And I'll just play the optimal stuff over and over again. And in the long run, I'll make money off that. Um, but yeah, you can do something wonky and get it to come out your way every once in a while. 
And the reason I ask is because, yeah, there's there seems like there's like four or five really stud running backs who are going to get a lot of volume on this slate. And they, they, the price tags don't seem to match up with the price tags seem a little lower on DraftKings. Whereas I look at the quarterbacks and there's a couple really good ones, but outside of those couple good ones, I'm having a hard time finding guys. It's I could pick, I, I could pick holes in a lot of these guys that we're going to talk about. So let's get right on into first game with one of those value running backs per se. A and M at Missouri, Missouri. Uh, it's minus eight, minus eight and a half for A and M, fifty nine and a half. Like. <laughs> On any other slate where there's not just a ton of running backs, I would play uh, not only Spiller, I would play a Cheney in the same lineup. I wouldn't even hesitate, but too many good running backs. So you got to, you got to cut the, uh, draw the line somewhere, but Spiller 6,600 on DraftKings seems way too low for him. Uh, Aeneas Smith at 4,400, another great value play. You can play at wide receiver. I think it's a, I think this could be a good week for a Cheney. You can't play him, like I said, because you just don't have enough roster spots, but I think he's in for it. And Wiedemeyer, he's only 3,900. This is a really good A&M value. They, they, I don't know what they did. I guess coming off the Alabama game, they priced them all down before they had a chance to realize that these guys are actually pretty good. But A&M, lots of value out there, DB. I mean, okay, first off, sell me on a Cheney here a little bit at 5,100. I mean, I saw he was tagged by Turtle as well and um i mean am i am i missing something i mean this guy doesn't seem to quite have the production i would expect for people to want to play him so well, i know the matchup is good versus missouri i get that but the volume is dog crap so sell me on that before because i'm with you on spiller he's he's probably a lock but a cheney i i, yeah. I don't know the only the one scenario where I would stretch for two running backs is in a great matchup. And this is the perfect man. We saw Tennessee did the whole 350 yard rushing thing against him. It's not a good rushing defense. He's the more talented back. He's better than Spiller. If he gets his carries up there, if he like, if, if he's even in the neighborhood of Spiller and this is a blowout and then that could happen. And Spiller is also, you know, like Sean, Sean has pointed out in the discord chat, Spiller's a little fragile. It just seems like this could be one of those games where, like, if Hyatt and if Jabari Small didn't get hurt, both of those guys would have crushed in that Missouri Missouri game for Tennessee. This could be one of those games where each of these guys gets 15 carries and 150 and a touchdown for each one of them. That's I'm not usually going to run out to go. And even Spiller's volume is down this year, by the way, if you look at it. But it's the matchup. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. I mean, they beat Alabama last week. I don't expect them to make wholesale changes. So it's just a matter of how big the blowout is and whether or not you think he can, you know, maybe reach double digit carries, which he has done once. And that was week one. So his target uh, volume is really good. Uh, his, his, his pass game usage is really strong. It, it, it's not like his volume's not good. I, I was talking with turtle about it and it's basically like, look, the matchup is the God matchup. Uh, we saw what Tyon Evans did on six touches against them. Uh, so it's just, it's just a God matchup spot with a super talented guy that does get enough volume to get there. But at the same time, you're going to feel gross sitting there knowing that you're probably looking at 10 to 12 touches and knowing you need to get about 15 to 20 points on those 10 to 12 touches. That said, Missouri defense is terrible. Um, so it's, I pass selling you on, on those, those factors. It, it's difficult. 
But I agree on Smith at 4,400. We saw him last week get in the end zone twice, and and he's kind of been the best receiver that they have. And uh, at sub 5K in this game, they might not need to throw very much, but I, I think he's certainly cheap enough that he should be in your player pool in in GPPs. Maybe make the same argument for Weidermeyer, but he doesn't quite get the volume. But sub 4K, I think he's he's in the player pool. I, I don't think I'd play the quarterback on AM and on the Missouri side. You know, you can always play Beatty because he does get, you know, ridiculous volume. We kind of had some 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 bad weeks and then last week played a scrub North Texas team and went absolutely ham for what 45 fantasy points that day. So he's probably the lone guy that you can play in this game. But the totals, what, 60, uh, should be somewhat competitive. The line's, what, eight and a half, nine right here. So, um, yeah, I think it's just the usual names for me, both of these running backs, and and I'll have those A&M guys in my player pool. Sean, clean it up for us. Yeah, it's it's an interesting game because I hate Texas A&M. They play so slow and don't do tons. So, they're not generally a team you want to get guys on, but you're, you're going to have to consider a lot of them. Uh, I think Calzada is at least an option at quarterback. Um, I, I'm not saying I would play him, but at 6,300 as we go, he's, he's in play. Um, Spiller is good to good to really good play. Uh, I won't go as far as calling him a lock like Dan, but he's a really strong play. Um, Nia Smith, really strong play at 4,400. A chain, really strong uh, play at 5K. Weidermeyer, really strong play at 3,900. So, like, realistically, like, I think all five of these guys are options in cash and GPP. I think they're all really strong plays. It's just a matter of there's there's going to be opportunity costs at running back. You're going to have decisions that you're going to have to make at running back, and they are difficult to make, I think, uh, especially if you play one player who we'll talk about in about 45 minutes, I'm sure. Um, but all of these guys are, are solid and all of them can get there for their price point. And then on the Missouri side, the only person I'm considering Beatty volumes, fantastic, but again, running backs are really strong. There's going to be guys that are really good plays that are cheaper than Beatty. Um, but you, you can't argue with what Beatty's doing volume wise. So he's the typical volume eater and not a great team. Uh, that said, Texas A&M gets gashed on the ground. They give up lots, lots of yardage to the ground. So it, there's some options in this game. The Texas A&M side of the ball is definitely flush with options. Uh, it's just a matter of which ones you choose. But I couldn't talk you off of any of them. I really couldn't sell you on any of them over the others, though, either. So it, it's a very difficult uh, situation, I think, on Texas A&M. Yeah. Well, if you had Alabama to uh, lose a game this year, then you can cash those tickets because uh, it finally happened. I was getting I scared. Shop there for, had that one. I, I was like getting, Shop had that one. I was getting scared there for a minute. Like they, they, they were looking real good, but that happened. All right. So uh, next game on the board, Florida, LSU, Florida's minus 11 and a half, 59 and a half is your total here. And uh, wow. All right. I'll start off with Sean here. The LSU side, it doesn't interest me much, and they seem to be kind of like falling apart on offense. They're losing guys right and left. I don't know how competitive they can be. Talk me through some of the uh, injuries you're seeing and, and what's going to happen in this game. Yeah, so Boutte is out for the year for LSU, which is obviously not ideal because he's such an elite talent. Um, honestly, more so from a FanDuel perspective, Jack Beck has been a volume receiver and he's really cheap on FanDuel. So, like, I'll probably forget that when we get over to FanDuel later. But Beck is a really strong option on FanDuel. 
Uh, Tyrion Davis Price got volume for the first time like ever last game, and he had 21 carries and was really productive. Uh, do I think that will be replicated again? No, uh, because we've just seen too much of that not to be the case. Um, and then also Deion Smith is not practicing. So there's a good chance he's out. As you see in the projections, he's not in there right now. So the beneficiaries are probably going to be, um, again, Jack Beck will probably be a beneficiary to some extent, but he was already getting great volume. Then it's probably Brian Thomas, who's a really good uh, freshman and has very talented. And then other guys who I just think are all, okay but so the real person on DraftKings I think is playable is Brian Thomas um he's the only guy that I'm really looking at on DraftKings as a strong play and then on the Florida side of the ball it's just too much of a dumpster fire if you get news that um they're gonna be shallow at running back again maybe you can consider Naquan Wright at 3k but again the opportunity costs of running back this week are going to be substantial so you need to be positive he's going to get work. And they just don't work running backs in that heavily, no matter how who's out or how many they have. Um, Whittemore for 3,300, shorter for 3,800 GPP options. Uh, they definitely could catch a touchdown. But again, this team rotates so much. They're so heavily um, spread out all over the place. I just don't really like anyone. So for me, the only person in this game that I'm really interested in is Brian Thomas. Everyone else is sort of like GPP flyer type guys. EB, anything else? Um, I, I'm just wondering like what Jacob Copeland does to get overpriced on DraftKings every week, 7,500 for this guy, uh, is, it's just crazy, but I, I think Emory Jones is in play. I mean, you're not playing him in cash more than likely, but Richardson last week, you know, he, it was a total blowout and he didn't play very much. Um, so it makes me think that they're gonna, you know, give the keys here to, to Jones and, and what should be a competitive enough game. And, uh, the fact is he, he can do it through the air or on the ground last week. It was the four touchdown passes. We've seen him, you know, what 144 on the ground versus Tennessee. He's can call his own number. So, uh, on a week where there's not a lot of great quarterbacks, I think he has enough upside to be in a, you know, mass multi-entry player pool. Besides that, I kind of agree with Sean here. Um, the, the only guy I'm touching is, is, is Thomas at sub 4k and, and agreed as well. Becht is, Way too cheap on on FanDuel. They do not price up the the tight ends to the level of other run of other wide receivers, so they're always you know too cheap over there. So he's definitely a guy that you can play. I think he had like ten targets last week. So um, yeah, that's the one guy that I'd look at. Next game on the board: Auburn at Arkansas. Arkansas is minus four and a half. Fifty four and a half is your total. Auburn, yeah, they are who they are. Arkansas is coming off of that uh, GPP winning game. Matt Coral versus uh, KJ Jefferson went crazy, yeah. but now it's kind of like back to reality against a slow-paced defensive kind of Auburn SEC school. So start off with DB here. Uh, who do we turn to, man? With Auburn. Auburn's usually not a game. I'm I'm really and I'm, this is the same thing. This is a big. This could be a big letdown here for Arkansas. Yeah, I'm not seeing too much on the Auburn side that I want to invest in at all. I think the question is on Arkansas, whether you believe what we saw from Raheem Sanders is the real deal. Um, they've been talking about wanting to get him more carries and he gave him 17 last week, 139, and he's only 3,400 this week. So you still have Traylon Smith who, you know, had 11 carries himself, got a touchdown, so it's kind of a timeshare, but 
the fact is he's so cheap there at 3,400. It shouldn't take much for him to pay it off. It's not a great matchup, but he is a value that I think we can play in this spot. So uh, I definitely think we can consider him. Um, Traylon Burks is always like a monster playmaker. I mean, three of his last four games, he's been, what, about 25 fantasy points or more. Will we take that at 6,600? Probably. Is there in the one game it didn't happen was against Georgia, who is, you know, the most elite defense we might've seen in, in years. So uh, I think you can, you can go back to Burks here, not a core play for me, but he's in the player pool. And, uh, and as for KJ Jefferson, he falls under eight K um, you know, last week, I don't want to say throw it out, but it was the game that we kind of thought we would see Bryce young have the week prior. I mean, it's another week this week where we've got an 80 total with an old Miss game. So, you know, Arkansas, uh, he's okay um, at 7,500. I'm not Xing him out of my pool. If you want to play him and, and Burks together, I think you're, you're, you're fine to do it in GPP, but you know, I'm not a guy I'm considering in cash games. Sean, anything, uh, San, how would you, how you feel Sanders is going to, uh, what kind of volume this week? I think he's a GBB play. I, they just are rotating too much at, at the running back sit, uh, position. They're getting AJ Green involved too. It's just uh, too all over the place. And with other options, I would go there first. Uh, not much interest to me in this game. Uh, maybe GBB, you want to run Traylon Burks or Traylon Smith or something out or Sanders. I think that's fine. Uh, I think Dan is on point with KJ Jefferson. Um, I thought he looked really good last week. Like he looked healthier than I thought he was going to look, which is, is a good thing. But Against Auburn, that's just not a great matchup. Similarly, like the Auburn side of the ball just stinks. So, like, you can't really consider anyone there. Um, so, you, this game overall, though, just doesn't really interest me much. Next game on the board, Texas and Oklahoma State. Texas is minus four and a half, and 60 is your total coming off of that really crazy Red River shootout they had going down there last week. And, uh, this is one of these uh, volume running backs that I was talking about earlier that, uh, you know, a lot of them, and, you can, and I think they're underpriced. And it's not Bijan, it's Jalen Warren, who's getting a ton of carries now with the running back injuries for Oklahoma State. He's only 7,100 on DraftKings. Man, it's tough to pass up on this kind of volume in cash games. What, you, what say you, Shawnee? Yeah, here is my hot take. My hot take is that Warren is better than Bijan in this game. And I would maybe play him over Bijan straight up. That that's my hot take. Straight um, up, as in if Bijan was seventy one hundred, you'd play Warren over him. Yes, I think if I had maybe I'm not. I, I think that's my hot take. But I'm I obviously love Bijan too. Bijan's great, but the Oklahoma State defense is much better against the run than what the Texas defense is. And Warren's volume is unbelievable. He's basically what you wanted out of Chuba last year. Is what he's doing involvement in the pass game 30 carries a game none of the other running backs are there whereas like you look at Bijan Bijan has a tough matchup Oklahoma State defense is strong and basically they get inside the, the five and Bijan backpacks the whole team down they're like all right Bijan time to go get your rest buddy and then they give the touchdown to whatever moron they give the touchdown to uh which has been pretty frustrating when you play Bijan but you both are great I, I mean I both running backs are really strong I think on the Oklahoma State side of the ball um, there's more plays on this side of the ball, I think, than the Texas side. Uh, you have Jalen Warren, again, workhorse, been getting fed. It looks like the running backs are still going to be out. It's going to be him with, like, Desmond Richardson getting a very few amount of carries to spell him. Um, 
I think Spencer Sanders is in play in cash games as your quarterback. Uh, he has done very well against Texas in the last two games, and he has mobility. The concern with Sanders is if they leave the game and they're up by like a touchdown or two all game, it really destroys him. But if he ends up trailing or in a shootout type game, he is a very good quarterback option for DFS purposes. So it really is going to depend on what you think the gameplay and the script will be. And then Rashad Owens is 3,200. Uh, he's been very solid as a receiver for them. Um, he's been involved. He plays every snap. He's the beneficiary to the Braden Johnson injury. Um, so I think he's a really strong option at 3,200. And then on the Texas side of the ball, it's pretty much Bijan or bust for them. Um, worthy, I'm just not paying that price tag for Worthy right now. Um, just not something I'm willing to do. Uh, I, I think he's a good GPP option. Cash games, can't do it. Casey Thompson, not interested in cash games. Um, Josh Moore, same thing. The, the punt option for them is both cheap on DraftKings and FanDuel is Marcus Washington. He appears to be the guy that will be the beneficiary with the uh, Whittington injury. That said, I'm not sure how productive he's going to be. Um, so that's a wait and see. But again, 3K, he's an option for me. And FanDuel, I think he's 4,900. So he's very cheap over there too. So if you want to go really dirt cheap, there's options in this game to go that way. Yeah, you know, after looking at like the bat projections and the blitz projections for a couple of years, you kind of identify the guys that uh, the projection system is just a little lower on then you think probably they should be and it's consistent, you know? And so, uh, Guriel, Yuli Guriel for the Astros, the bat never has Guriel doing well, right? He always, but he's a guy who's a batting champion. The, the college football you equivalent, the college football equivalent is Xavier worthy. You guys never have him as a decent projection, but this guy's really good, man. He's really good. And, uh, 7,400 is a big price tag, but they are missing Whittington. He, he can definitely pay it off. He's he's a, he's a really good receiver. DB, what's your what's your take on it? Yeah, um, I mean this is interesting because Oklahoma State total of sixty in this game. Their five previous games were 50, 51, a fifty-eight against Boise, forty-seven and forty-seven. So you're talking like a thirteen-point upgrade over what we've had the last couple of weeks. And obviously Texas has a lot to do with that, but I think this is a better game environment than we've seen and. You know, when Sean said that Sanders is viable for cash, I was uh, I was kind of delighted to hear it because I was feeling that same way. I think that seventy one hundred dollars salary on him feels too cheap because he does have that rushing equity that we love, that touchdown equity on the ground, and he can still sling it a little bit. I mean, he's had games of over what three hundred yards passing this year, and then a rushing game of what seventy six yards last week. And he's got his best receiver back in Tay Martin, who he didn't talk about at all. And he's pricey, don't get me wrong. But, you know, if you're running any sort of game stacks or you're playing Sanders and you want to pair him, this guy's been over 100 yards in the three games that he's played. Good volume in receptions as well. So, uh, again, pricey, but it's clearly the alpha on this team. So, Texas, they've been in some shootouts this year. So, this game, I think, could be much, you know, higher scoring than people expect. I don't need to sell you anymore on Warren. He's pretty much a lock, I think, in, in most lineups. I'm kind of off of Casey Thompson. Just He's kind of sucked out a couple times, I feel like, two of the last three weeks in some of those numbers. So I'm not likely to, uh, to go there and maybe a little bit more interested in more. 
Uh, I like going to guys coming off big games because uh, I think a little more trust might go towards him since he had those two touchdowns last week. So we'll see if he can run it back. 4,800 is a pretty cheap price. Um, definitely probably above the ownership on him in, in tournaments. Yeah. And a further Spencer Sanders selling points, I guess. So he's started about 25 games in his career at this point, his best passing game of his career was against Texas and he had 400 yards and four touchdowns last year. And his best rushing game of his career was against Texas the year before where he had 109 yards and a touchdown on the ground. So this is a guy that in two games against Texas has had a 400 yard, four touchdown passing game and has had a hundred yard plus and touchdown rushing game. Um, so this is a guy that if you look at his games against Texas, he's averaging about 30, 35 points in those games. So it's definitely something to look at. And it, like Dan said, the game script and the, the flow of this game should be a bit better for Oklahoma state than normal. Um, and I think that Sanders is a very viable option. Yeah, and I, the problem is whenever I play him, he sucks. Yeah, so, that's like, that's so. <laughs> yeah, question for Sean: Then at seventy one hundred and seventy one hundred, can you play both running back and quarterback in in the same lineup and cash game? I think so, and I actually was thinking about that question myself. I think the answer is yes because I think if you get two touchdowns out of Spencer Sanders. I think he can pay off his 7,100 tag. And if he gets two touchdowns and they score, let's say the five they're projected, Warren's going to probably get his as well. And, and Warren is involved in the pass game. So like there is some slight pass game usage, but I, I do think you can play them together. I don't think it is obviously the best correlation, but if you're playing them together, you need five touchdowns and you need them to, to at least have some usage for Spencer Sanders because Warren, you're not worried about Warren. You're, you're convinced Warren is going to get the ball and he's going to be utilized. The one you are worried about is Spencer Sanders just being a little less involved because they're ahead and they're just pounding Warren. And normally I would be kind of against it, but the way this slate sets up quarterback is tough. Yeah. And he just feels like one of the more underpriced ones. So uh, again, I think it, I think it's just dictated by the salary structure, the games we have on this slate that I think it, it works. So um, I think that, I that's a reason. There was another quarterback at like 7,100 that I liked. I would probably be like, all right, I'm going to play this Agreed. guy instead, but yeah. it's quarterback it's is very pick. not great. All right. Next game on the board, central Florida at Cincinnati, 21 and a half point spread, 57 total. This features a quarterback who I think is going to be a popular option based on UCF, man. They're playing UCF, the old shootout in Cincinnati and UCF. This is not the same UCF team. These guys are really struggling right now on offense, and, they, and they're, they've lost players right and left. I actually have Jerome Ford pegged as a great GPP option this week because I just think he kind of gets fed in the get down inside the 10 and Ritter just lets him have it. I'm not high on Ritter at all here, but maybe DB can sell me. I mean, I'm always high on Ritter simply because since he's got to win with style points here and, and I honest, I, and I'm biased cause I got some like 201 um, Heisman tickets on, on Ritter, but dudes could be in a position to win it this year. I mean, if they go undefeated, uh, they're going to be a top three team, maybe top two team, depending on how things shake out fifth year senior been around like reward the kid like don't give it to another Alabama quarterback so 
I think there could be some style points to be had here for Cincy because uh, they're, they're doing well in the rankings, but again, now like a will a one loss Ohio state get in over Cincinnati potentially. So that's where I think Cincy really needs to win these games big and, and hopefully their coach realizes that, but uh, 8,100 is a decent enough price. I mean, it's not like he, if he was over nine K I'd probably agree with you, but we know he can run and we haven't really even had that big multi touchdown running game from Ritter. And we've seen those, you know, in his career. So I think there's better things on the horizon we've seen so far. So I like him. I don't think I'm probably pressing that, that naming cash games, but he's definitely in the player pool. I think Ford, you make a good case for, I mean, the touchdowns have certainly been there this year. Um, yeah, he's fine. Um, and then the wide receiver spot, probably, I mean, Pierce is okay at 6,800. Um, Young played all the snaps last week, finally got in an end zone, 4,500, but probably not enough upside for him at that price. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's likely a little bit of Ritter for me, a little bit of Ford for me. And then on the UCF side, um, you know, Jalen Robinson's out. I mean, they're banged up all over the place. You could play a Ryan O'Keefe, but their quarterback isn't any good, this Mikey Keene. Um, so 6,300 is way too much for him. Uh, it's funny because I, I pinged the channel about it and I noticed that we have a big projection for Nate Craig Myers and, and I say big, it's like seven fantasy points. So I looked the game log, I mean, like did nothing last week. So then I looked up the snap share and he played like 55 to 65 snaps last week. So I'm guessing that's why he's getting that projection. Um, he's on the field. He's three K he's like, 4k over there on on FanDuel if you want to stars and scrub it you could you could play him because I believe this guy was at Auburn and then maybe at no not you're shaking oh, he was at Colorado State but wasn't he at Auburn before he was at Colorado State let me check I want to say he was look that one up I might be wrong but he was he definitely was at Colorado State for a time but um he didn't oh, do right. anything yep. last week yeah three years at Auburn did nothing but three years at Auburn exactly <laughs> Auburn to Colorado State now to UCF but he played last week but overall just uh, those couple of guys on Cincy for me. Sean you have any uh, further expectations for UCF? Yeah not really I it's so it's difficult because the projections are always going to be based on a team and the team is not a team that it was two weeks ago or two games ago so it's always difficult to fully integrate differential so like for example Mikey Keene from Dylan Gabriel is a tremendous gap at quarterback skill level so it's difficult to fully always know that that is an accurate representation of like what Mikey Keene's going to do similarly like Nate Craig Myers is a massive downgrade skill wise to that of Jalen Robinson uh so it's always going to be difficult like Dan said Nate Craig Myers appears like he will be on the field and at 3k that at least makes him somewhat viable of a play um, similar to like Brandon Johnson, O'Keefe, like if they are going to score at all, some of these guys have to do something who that is, is, is up in the air. Uh, so like, I don't really like the UCF side of the ball. I'm not super interested. Um, I think chop is spot on with Jerome Ford. I think he might be the best GPP plan on the slate, not necessarily for the, the, the point chop made that he gets touchdowns, which obviously is, is helpful he gets he gets like wiped away when you look at all these other guys like like we've dan's talked about these guys like he's giving you two guys that he said is our locks at the same exact price point as jerome ford 
So when that happens, that means a guy like Jerome Ford does not have much ownership because there's other people that are being played at that same exact price point. So if, when I look at the high sixes, low seven price points, there's like six running backs and four kind of like ends up at the back end of those guys, which therefore means he's probably going to be five or 10% owned in some things. And he definitely has 30, 35 point upside. He could go 203 here and it's definitely a realistic outcome for him. Um, the one knock on him is it appears he's kind of capped at like 20 touches. It sort of seems like he does is not going to be a 35 carry guy ever. So like now that said, like 20 touches, still very good. He can still totally get there in that. But it definitely seems like his upside is capped from a, a pure volume standpoint. Um, Ritter is good. And the issue is, is so like it's same thing like last week. I didn't play Ritter. I wasn't super interested. And a lot of people were all over Ritter. But the problem was, is as a big favorite, he doesn't always run as much because it's not as necessary for him to run in those games. They try to keep him a bit healthier. So like, I would rather use Ritter in a game against a team that can keep the game close where Ritter's rushing is more necessary. Like last week we saw Ritter, he just didn't move at all on the ground. So if he's not going to be mobile, I don't really think he's much of a play because um, he, it's really difficult to pay off 8,100 if you have no rushing mobility. So um, I think he's in option again, goes back to the quarterback being a bit weak this week. Um, So he's an option. He's a good play Four great GBP play all their receivers. I'm not interested in that. I'll pass Uh, UCF side of the ball. If you want to throw a dart and and honestly, like, so if you're playing Ritter and you're like trying to play Ritter and like, let's say you want to play Ritter and Pierce or Ritter and young Ritter and whoever Going with a bring back on UCF, one of their receivers, and hoping they keep the game somewhat close is a realistic option in GPP. What about this uh, running back, 3,900 for UCF? Can we consider him at all? So I'm not going to consider him because of the fact that the opportunity costs are running back so high. If the matchup was good, however, I would really consider Johnny Richardson um, because he seemed to be the lead back. That said, they're still going to get – some carries and some snaps for uh, Trillian Coles and Mark Anthony Richards. Um, But Richardson clearly seems to be the one, the number one back for them. Uh, But again, the matchup's just not good enough for me to get him in here. I think in GPP he's playing a little bit fine. Um, But yeah, if UCF was hypothetically on this slate and they were playing, let's say, um, Missouri or UNC or something, I would totally consider Johnny Richardson and he might even end up being a lock in certain situations since he's just a really difficult game. And I kind of think since he might just wreck UCF in this game and UCF might really struggle to do anything offensively. I think the, I'm afraid the style points for Cincinnati is going to come with a shutout and that's not, and that's going to cap the upside of some of these guys. So uh, next game on the board, big 10 showdown, Michigan state at Indiana. Uh, Michigan State is minus five, 48 and a half is our total. Sean is our big 10 expert. Sean, this price tag, Kenneth Walker, another one of these running backs, I think is just, it's just too cheap for this guy. The volume he gets, it's a d- good matchup. Kenneth Walker's got to be a cash game player, right? I'll let, I'll, I need to throw this over to Dan Bach. Dan, is this another lock at running back for you? <laughs> sure, let's go. We're going to have mo- four running backs that are locked. Dan, Dan's week, playing so. a seven running back lineup at this point. I, think. <laughs> I like it. It's contrarian. <laughs> yeah, it, Kenneth Walker's a great play. Like, I mean, this guy is getting yeah. absolutely fed. It's very difficult. And this goes back to the whole, like, when I said I don't think Spiller's a lock thing. And I told you that I think Warren might be better than Bijan. 
I don't know if any of them are locks. I don't know if Kenneth Walker's a lock because the way that I'm seeing things, it's very difficult to get to that price range three times and they're all elite plays. So locking them is, is difficult for me because they're all so freaking close. Um, so I think Kenneth Walker's a great play. If you're looking from volume perspectives, Walker and Warren are the guys you want. If you're looking at a matchup perspective, the guy you want is going to be Spiller. Spiller. Um, so there's different ideas to sort of wade through of like, which of these guys your preference are. And I started the week kind of wanting Bijan. And I, as the week's gone, I've, I've realized uh, Bijan's a GPP play and a really good one because I just don't think a lot of people are going to go there because of these, these guys. Um, so yeah, Walker's a great play. Everyone else on Michigan State, I'm out on. Like we've seen Naylor, we've seen Reed have big games. It's totally possible, but I'm not going to pay six mid six Ks for them. I'm definitely not paying that for Peyton Thorne. Um, any side of the ball, I think that... Um, Ty Freifogel is totally a realistic option at uh, receiver. We need to see if Penix is going to play. Um, if he doesn't play, Jack play. Tuttle's really cheap. I don't yeah, I think, think he's that out. he's going to play. I think you're going to see Jack Tuttle. And I'm not saying I would play Jack Tuttle, but 4,900 is somewhat viable with a bunch of really bad quarterback plays. Um, outside of that, like, look, they have some cheap receivers that can get some, some volume and some usage, but I, there's a lot of good cheap receivers on this slate. Like there's three or four guys, I think sub 3,300 that are like in play in cash games um, that it makes justifying going to like this 3,800 range a, a bit more tricky. So I think the plays in this game are realistically Walker and then more GPP like Fry Fogle. And those are like your standout guys here. I am. Uh, I'm not opposed to a $4,900 quarterback who probably won't get you negative yards rushing due to sacks. He's probably going to be in the positives rushing, and you just don't know what's all. You just got to get him in, in the end zone a couple of times via the air. So I'm not opposed to Jack Tuttle. Dan Bach, what do you think? Yeah, he's all right. Um, I, I mean, 49, again, quarterback is tough this week. So, uh, you know, that's a path to be able to get these running backs. You know, I think you're you're playing Walker, of course, but – you know, if there's, I probably would like those other two running backs maybe a little bit better than him in the sense of he doesn't really do anything in the past game. And we, we actually have a situation there in that Nebraska game a couple of games ago where they kind of sold out on the runs run game, 19 for 61, and, you know, just totally bombed there. Um, I don't think that's likely here. Walker looks really, really good. I'm almost certainly playing him. But, you know, if you've got to hold back on one of those guys, this game does still only have, what, a 48 total in it. So, you know, think about that a little bit when you're making those decisions. We've got an example of a bust. We've got a low total. That might be the reason why you choose somebody else uh, other than Walker if you're kind of in that range and struggling to make that decision. Uh, chop. I mean, Jay, the, the nailer whisper yes, last week, man, I saw you, uh, you know, near the top of these GPPs with, uh, with this bust out nailer game, man. Yeah. It was looking good for a while, man. Until Malik did me in, man. I don't even want to, <laughs> I, I seriously had Malik everywhere and that was just uh, brutal, but yeah, nailer, nailer really came through last week. I think those guys are kind of 
back and forth, those two wide receivers, yeah. either one of them is in play any given week to explode because they're not a bad offense at all. But this total does bring it down. But they've been dealing with totals like this all year long. So I think I think they're in play. But uh, like you said, so let me I'll stick with DB on. Well, you, let me let got, me let me just let me refute that a little bit. I mean, we're at a 48 here. They had 45 against Northwestern, 51 against Youngstown, 57 against Miami, 54 against Nebraska, 66 against Western Kentucky. And then last week was pretty low at 49 and a half. So they've they've played higher total games than I think I would have expected looking at that number. Yeah, just just the way they play, the concentration they do with uh, Walker and then one of those wide receivers just about every week does something so but you have to, let's say you have to make your, so out of all the running backs we've talked about so far, the big ones, you got Spiller, Walker, Warren, those, which two are you taking with you right now, as of right now, that we've talked uh, about? Yeah. Is Warren Kenneth Walker sure. the guy you're leaving off the list? Warren, yeah, so I wanted to hear this answer, too. Warren, for sure. Warren, for sure, I'm playing. And then it's between, obviously, Spiller and Walker. I mean, fuck, just playing both. What, you know, what's the, what's the problem? I mean, if I had to choose one, I'd probably lean a little bit on, on Spiller over Walker, but it's, yeah. Okay. It's going it's, with the matchup, but it's like, like, it's like a coin flip. Like I'm not, it is. You don't know. I'm not you really strong. don't. We really don't know who's going to put up the big 40 point game this week. Next game on the board could be a 40 point performer, Nebraska and Minnesota, Nebraska's minus four, 47 and a half. Nice low big 10 total, but Adrian, the more the week goes on, Adrian Martinez is looking better and better to me at quarterback, man. And I didn't want to go there, but uh, he's there, DB. Is he he ranking up on your list? Yeah, I wrote this game up for scores and odds and uh, dug in a little bit. And, you know, Minnesota last week, they got absolutely destroyed up and down the field by Purdue and somehow won that game. I mean, they, they were out gained by like 150 yards in that game. And they shouldn't have won. I, I think Nebraska here on the road as a favorite is probably going to put up some some pretty good numbers here. And I'm coming around on Martinez. You know, one thing that we've seen this year in particular with college football is there wasn't a lot of experience at the quarterback position. It's kind of shown this is the one guy who obviously has it. And he's been really, really good. And this Nebraska team has been way better than I think we kind of even expected. They've lost some close games earlier, and um, I think they're going to win this game going away. And I I like Martinez a good bit in this under 8K because we know he's going to run it. We know he can have big plays. Uh, the, the passing yards have even been there. I mean, you're looking over the last four weeks or five weeks, four, of the last, uh, four out of the last five, he's been 240 or more through the air. Like, that's – that's pretty solid for Adrian Martinez. And then we know what he does on the ground. So uh, I like him a good bit. Um, I think the real interesting question is, you know, Potts is going to be out here and, you know, he obviously took over for Ibrahim who was just an, a monster. So now just like this Marquise Irving guy, who's going to be the, the one to take his place. Is he the next in line here for the Minnesota running backs to go absolutely ham and, Again, it goes back to this prevailing theme this week about there's so many damn quarterback plays, and and this is a guy who I think any other week would be a super popular play, knowing that he's probably the main man in this offense, which just wants to run the football. He's 3,900, so um, I think he's he's interesting, and kind of curious what what Sean thinks of him. 
Well, Sean, I want to ask you, I want you, you, I want you to touch on that. I want you to touch on both of those running backs because we're getting a real healthy projection from uh, Ramir Johnson too. And yeah. so what, what do you think about both those guys? Yeah. So I'm not going to go there with Ramir. Uh, that said, he's been really good. Um, so I, I don't think you go to Ramir personally. I think that there's other better options at running back than Ramir, but Ramirez's volume's been good. Ramirez's production's been good. Ramirez has looked pretty good. So uh, I think GVP, you can play Ramirez. Cash games, you, you can't. Um, I, I do agree with Adrian Martinez. I, I think that he is an option. I wish it was a better matchup that you would expect more points out of. Um, that said, again, quarterback's a little rough. So do you go Adrian Martinez? I think it's a possibility. Um, outside of that, the question of the slate is, what kind of volume is Marquise Irving going to get? Are they going to workhorse him? And if the answer is yes, he's a stone lock. You play him, it does that. It's you're done. If he is not a workhorse and he gets rotated and they run uh, Bryce Williams, Cole Kramer, the quarterback, is playing a bit as well and getting some carries. Um, if they're going to play Cam Wiley, if they're going to play Kai Thomas, if they're going to actually do a committee. Marquis Irving's kind of a disaster play. So I think that there are two possible outcomes, one of which is stone cold lock. If you don't have him, you're going to feel dumb. Option two is disaster. Having him, you're going to feel dumb. And either of those scenarios, I don't love the idea of having to make that decision because the opportunity cost is huge. If you're playing Irving, you're giving up someone else that you could play that's really, really good. Um, but again, like if you, you're telling me Marquis Serving's going to have 27 carries and I don't have him at 3,900, I'm going to feel like the dumbest guy of the day. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out what is the truth there. Um, I started out thinking he was going to be the workhorse. I've read some info from Fleck saying that they're going to run a committee. Um, and whether or not that's coach speaker, that's actually the truth. I'm not sure. So I think Irving is okay, even in a committee to the extent of like, if he gets you 10, that might be okay, which is like what his projection is right now, ish, 10-ish. Um, it's just, he's the question of the week and I don't have the right answer for him today. Um, and I wish I did because I do think that's the decision point on the slate. Uh, I just love that you're going to tilt one way or the other. Uh, no matter what, you're Discord tilting. on Sunday or on no, Saturday. No matter like, what. It's going to be wonderful to watch. No matter what you're tilting. At the beginning of the, the week on Tuesday when the slate came out and the pricing came out, that was the one guy I wanted to see his pricing. And it uh, came out 3900 I'm like, block, block and load. Then as I've gone, I'm like, ah, man, are they really going to give him 25 carries? And I just don't know that answer. Um, it, it's... I've been reading a lot of stuff. I've been on there 24 sevens. I've been in a lot of places to try to find the answer. And I don't have what I deem to be a definitive answer there, which is unfortunate because I wish I did. Yeah. Well, you, you said opportunity cost. And if he did get 20 carries, there's still no guarantees he's doing you any favors if he doesn't get in the end zone. Nebraska did. Like Dan said, they loaded up and shut down Kenneth Walker one week. They, they can do it. And there's yeah. not much of a threat from anybody else on Minnesota. So that may be 
So that, that's what it, that's, that's so, the tough, it's one of the tough ones, man. Here's a question for you guys at how many carries would you lock in to your cash lineup? Marquise Irving and further, and Dan, you haven't looked him up uh, totally. He's, he's a really good prospect. He's a pretty good prospect. He returns kicks. So he has speed. He's not like a, a slow plotter. He actually has quite a bit of talent. So how many touches would you guys want from Irving to be like, I'm going to play this guy at this price? Uh, I mean, I, I want I want at least 22 touches from him. Okay. I was going to say like 17 to 20 in that range okay. you know, total. So his current projection is about 13 and a half. So he's Oof. projected for about 10 points at 13 and a half carries um, and virtually no involvement in the pass game because Bryce Williams has played most of the passing downs. So I think his – Upside projection, if he got 22 carries, his projection would probably be, uh, I would say, 17, 18 points probably, give or take, which I agree with. I'm kind of with Dan. I think if you locked in 16 to 18 carries for me, I would probably play him. But that's where it's it's just very difficult. I just don't know. I think his range is like five to like 28 touches. Like it's such a huge range of outcomes. Yeah, it's going to be tough. The next game, all right, we're, okay, we we're running fast. So I'm we're running say, behind here. We got to get yeah. moving. And this is going to be one right here Kentucky at Georgia, uh, 22 and a half points spread, 45 for a total. DB, anything? Uh, maybe your boy McConkey. I mean, you're ah, on. I told last you. Week, I told you. Five for 135 and one. I, I laughed when I saw that. He's only 3,600. So uh, uh, that's about the only name I'm, I'm considering here. Sean, anything? I'll keep it shorter. I'm good. No. So like right. usual, Georgia game, just exit off, pretend it doesn't exist. Next game is a, is a nice little shootout here. Miami at UNC, UNC seven and a half, six three for your total. I want to start. I want to start this one with DB because he's a he's a fan of the U. He knows what's going on here. Uh, another shootout because last year's was supposed to be a shootout, and UNC absolutely boat raced them on the ground last year. What can we expect this year? Yeah, um, man, I mean, UNC, I don't know what to think. They lost to Florida State last week. Like, what the hell? How did that even happen? We've got Van Dyke projected pretty high, and I, I don't know. I don't know how great of a player he is. I'm not, I'm not very sold on, on him personally. I mean, look at that Virginia game, barely completed half of his passes that day. Um, so, uh, I mean, Howell at 9,200, he's decided that he wants to – to be a running back too. And you know, that makes him incredible for DFS. I feel like we over projected him a little bit. I think that's a pretty aggressive number. Um, but on a week where there's not a lot of good options, he's a good option. So uh, if you can fit him, you can play him. Uh, we saw Cameron Harris go bonkers, you know, the last, well, I think couple of weeks. And, you know, this seems like a matchup that you could go to, but it goes back to that question is why would you play Harris when you've got all these other running backs I think he's viable. I think he's definitely in your tournament pool. I don't, I think he'll be probably under-owned, um, but he's not like a first guy in my lineup type deal. Uh, I don't really trust Van Dyke, so I don't look at those pass catchers. And then Josh Downs is an absolute stud, getting tons of market share, but 8,700 is just too hefty of a price tag for me to play, I think, on this slate, unless you play that crapper running back from Minnesota, then maybe you can make him work. So that's my take on it. Sean, you got uh, cliff notes on this game? You're, you're muted. I am. I, <laughs> I figured that's where Dan Bach was going because I 
with the running backs he wants to lock in, you're not playing Josh Downs. And yeah. I don't know if I don't want to play Josh Downs because I'll tell you what, this is reminiscent of back in the day. You guys remember the year of Brandon Cooks where it's like you played Brandon Cooks and you won and everyone else didn't play Brandon Cooks and they lost. I get that feeling with Josh Downs watching these games that like if you don't play Josh Downs, you're going to lose. And if you play Josh Downs, you're going to win just because of playing that guy. Um, their offense, the, the loss last week was a very vintage, like Mac Brown, I'm a moron game. He was so, he's so inept. He's such a bad coach. Um, and it was just like, they were down like two scores with like seven minutes left. And they're like, Hey, let's eat 38 seconds off the play clock every time, because why wouldn't you do that? And it was painful to watch all game, but like Hal is QB one on the slate. Um, I don't think it's close. I think he's definitely the quarterback you want to play of all the quarterbacks. Um, like Dan said, he's running a lot, which is what he should have been doing the last two years of his career. Um, and Downs is force-fed targets. He's getting like 10 to 12 a game at least, and they're like high-value, high-volume targets. Um, so I do think that you have to make a decision on this slate, and that decision is, do you want Downs or not? Based on that decision, you either have to go down and probably play like punt quarterback type option at quarterback two you either have to give up Howell, which i don't think you want to do that um or you have to I give can't up see like, a howl and him together in cash i i i think that's just too much i have not made a lineup without them in cash as of yet um but you have to make decisions and those decisions so if you have downs or any of the running backs who are you taking Taking the running backs, I think. I mean, oh, unless I you're playing the $3,900 crapper, which you just told me you don't believe in. So I don't know. Like, I don't need to go down to, I don't need to go down to the 3,900 guy. There, there's another guy that the chop was, was a big fan of that I can play at a uh, five, five K um, if I want to go that route. But uh, is your decision point, in my opinion, on the slate begins and ends with down. Based on how you decide if you want downs or not decides what you're doing at other positions. Um, so that's that's your decision point on the slate and cash games. Um, and then Miami side of the ball, there are some okay guys. Uh, like Harley and Rambo are solid. I'm not interested in the, in the running backs. I do think Van Dyke will come down. I just I was looking at him when you were talking about him. I don't think his projection is going to be near that. Um, I, I just nerfed him a little bit. I need to go back and look at him. Um, to you're see. playing Tuttle in cash, aren't you? Oh, uh, no, as of now, I'm not. But I, okay. after the show, I'm considering it more than I was before the show. Um, so before the show, no, I was not playing Tuttle and Cash. After the show, I might consider it. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest. I'm sick and tired of playing these 9K quarterbacks or 8K quarterbacks and getting 15 points. I know Chop's with me. Well, listen, here's the thing. I, I've absolutely crushed in college football these last few years by playing the cheap quarterbacks find them and get the points and don't even worry about all the other stuff and then this year i feel like i'm I'm trying to pick them and they're just like i'm getting like negative points from my colorado quarterback one week and so i I can't pick them either and then i I, then i spend up and go cunningham and he put puts a floor double floor game on me so I'm having I'm I'm snake bit on quarterbacks this year, man. Yeah, and, and let's be honest, like Cunningham last week was a no failure spot and he failed. And, and same like there's been some no failure spots that have failed, and it's frustrating. So I I don't know who I'm going to go quarterback, but I do think the whole slate revolves around Josh Downs and whether you want to play him or not. Um, and that's that's the because if you're not uh, playing Downs, 
you have pretty unlimited salary to do pretty much whatever you want realistically, because there are cheap receivers at 3K-ish that are totally playable, and you could play two of them and be fine. You could probably get 10 to 15 points from them at 3K. So if you're not playing downs, you could go three 6K running backs. You could go Ritter. You can go Hal. You can do it easily. Um, it's just a matter of if you did. But I will say, Dan, at one point I did have Hal Ritter downs in cash, um, and I was considering that. Whether or not I go, they're probably not. Um, but, yeah, to, without being a dead horse, like you, you got to decide on downs, decide that point first, and then go from there after that. Howell Ritter downs leaves you 4,800 apiece yeah. for your I, other one, two, three, four, five spots. Yeah, but you could, I, you could go, go 3,100, 3,200, 3,900 pretty easily, and you can probably imagine the guys I'm thinking based on what we've talked about. Which then leaves you enough to go for like two of those running backs that you want too. Not three though, not three. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. We gotta we gotta get going. Speaking of snake bid at quarterback, uh, the next game BYU and Baylor. Baylor's minus six and a half, fifteen and a half. I have a, you know, I wrote up Baylor again on scores and odds again. Uh, I wrote them up last week against West Virginia. I'm gonna do it again. I don't see how BYU competes with them in this game. Baylor's just really solid, just rock solid team. In all facets. Last week, I mentioned Jerry Bohannon in cash. I mentioned it. I was never really seriously going to do it over because I thought Tua, baby Tua was the, was the, and man, that backfired on me big time. Didn't yeah, that's it? Almost uh, beat good. Cunningham. God, goodness. Yeah, they you're right. He was only five him. points off Cunningham, but he might have beat Cunningham. I have no idea. I Bohannon saw. was definitely, definitely a guy you would have liked last week. And I, I'm not, he I don't do with much his rushing, second half either, right? Like, I think he yeah. got like most of that in, in the yeah, first with half. His, with his rushing floor, he's not a bad play. I can't play him. I got other guys in mind in cash, but he's uh, he's on the he's on the list, man. Jerry Bohannon. I'm on. I'm out on the BYU side this week, but I'll go to DB. Maybe you have some. Maybe you want some Tyler Algier or something like that. No, I'm not. I wasn't impressed with him at all last week. I think that's too big of a number on the road against Baylor. Um, Bohannon's. He's definitely in the player pool for sure. And if you are going to play him with somebody, I think Thornton is probably the guy. Looking at the uh, numbers, not just from last week, but I mean he played like every single snap. I think he was out there more than the other wide receivers kind of always been a big play guy. So you know, that's the stack for me, uh, but I'm not seeing any like core cash type of guys here. Yeah, no core cash, but Sean, I'll say this. I think uh, where Bohannon got off last week, I think it's one of these running backs this week for Baylor. I think you're going to see two long rushing touchdowns. My my bet is on Abram Smith, but uh, it could be Abner. Abner's really, they're both really good, but no, is there any core ca- cash core in here for you, and who stands out for you? Uh, I think there's options. I think Bohannon is a cash option. Um, I think he's been running pretty hot with touchdowns, though. But again, I think he's a cash option this week. I, I think that he is cash viable. Whether or not you want to do it, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, you could, and then I think Drew Estrada for Baylor is actually um, a good cheap option at receiver. Um, he's been playing a lot and been somewhat productive for them the last two weeks he has 14 targets so uh 3100 you can do a lot worse than 14 targets over a two-week span so i I think that estrada is a reasonable guy the issue is is this game's just not super duper appealing in that it's just sort of a ugly game that could be not great um 
so anyways, I, I think you're going to have to decide whether or not uh, you really want to attack this game. But th those are the only guys I really find of interest here. There's other GPP options in here. Even like, like Taekwon Thornton could have a massive game. Like he's done it before. Yeah. Uh, we've seen it. Uh, and he's 5,200 and no one's really going to play him. So th those are type of guys that are definitely GPP viable. All right. Next game on the board, as we move on, two games left. You have Pittsburgh at Virginia Tech. Uh, Pittsburgh's minus five, 57 and a half for a total. It's a big number. But I'm not seeing it in this game. I don't. I don't want to mess around with Virginia Tech myself. Maybe a Trey Turner. Uh, don't get me wrong. I like Pickett. I like Addison. But those price tags over 8K on both of them don't do it for me. Sean, are are you seeing anything else? No. I mean Pickett. Like, look, Pickett's going to get you 300 plus. He's going to get you some touchdowns. He's going to be really solid. So I, I'm not going to hate on Pickett. But it, we've talked about before in college football, if you don't have rushing upside. Very difficult to justify paying a 8,400 type of price tag because you're just not going to put up 50 points. And therefore, like your upside's capped. And if I have no upside from you at 8,400, like why am I really playing you? Because anything below your like 30, 35 points and you're just like a dumpster fire. Um, so it, he's fine. He's got his, his passing game. We know what he's going to do. Um, Jordan Addison, again, great receiver, but like, if I'm going up to that price range, I'm definitely playing Josh Downs. And I know I cannot get up to that price tag twice. So, therefore, Addison's very difficult for me. Um, the person that really stands out is, as you mentioned, Trey Turner. Um, Turner is going to get involved, has the possibility for goal line carries, has the possibility to get quite a bit of work. Uh, Pitt defense is still somewhat of a pass funnel. Uh, it was obviously more of a pass funnel in previous seasons, but still a pass funnel to some extent this year. And Trey Turner is the guy that will be involved and be utilized. Um, like, for example, like him being uh, priced under Tavian Robinson does not make sense to me. Um, he should be the more expensive of the receivers. So if you get to the 5K range, I think that um, Trey Turner is very strong. So uh, he's the best play in this game. And I think Burmeister is at least an option in cash. Uh, do I want to go there? I don't know, but he's at least a viable piece of that. Could I, be I, I think I'd rather have Bohannon over Burmeister. I tend to agree with that. Yeah. At that same price point. Um, I but I mean, the game itself is what, like 56 is the number five point spread. Like this is going to be a close game. It's going to be tight. Um, I think you make, great case on Turner in that 5k range is a play and you know pick it it's like god people are throwing his name out for the Heisman or whatnot like uh, I don't I don't know he's got gaudy stats only one interception this year is is awfully surprised and I think he can run a little bit more than than you kind of lay out there Sean like I, I remember years where he call his number quite a bit on the goal line because they, they don't have a running game like they've got nothing it, that even resembles a running game. So that's the upside that you have in Pickett is that you know they're going to pass it. And even when they get down close to the goal line, he might even call his own number. So um, if you want to go a little bit cheaper than Addison with Pickett, uh, Tasir Mack, a couple of 100-yard games, a guy who's been around forever and, uh, you know, touchdowns in, in each of the last two. So he's 5,400. I think you could do worse again, if you don't want to get up to Addison, who is 
the stud. Like he is the guy who is the, the best receiver on that team by far. Not even close. Yeah, no, follow, following up, Dan, Dan's right. Uh, the, the picket, the picket comments probably were a little unfair to him. He does have the ability to get 30 to 40 yards rushing and get a touchdown or two at the goal line. So I, I will say that the picket comments were probably a bit, uh, a bit unfair to what Pickett could actually provide you. Pickett is a solid play on this slate, um, and, and he's a guy that has a decent floor. So I, I will go back and, and revise what I was saying about Pickett. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're mass multi-entering, he's got to be in your pool, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I do think he is a cash option as well. Like, if you're going – like, who would you rather play this week, Ritter or Pickett? Oh, man, it's a tough one. I think in cash, probably – probably Ritter I just don't see a spot where he doesn't he doesn't have three touchdowns in this game to his name yeah it's it's but it's a tight one for sure for the for a little bit less salary I mean 300 bucks can possibly make a difference so uh, I'll side with Ritter what do you think chop decide between those two uh pick it uh yeah, you hate Ritter just, this week that's right I don't hate him I, I really I really think we could see a, a shutout brewing and I just and like Sean said he doesn't he doesn't run when they get up by multiple scores so yeah, next game on the board is the last game on the DK slate, Purdue and Iowa. Iowa's 11 and a half, only 43, lowest total of the game. But I still think there's a couple guys in here you can look at, not much. I'm going to group Tyler Goodson in with the guys we've talked about, the Spillers and, uh, you know, Kenneth Walkers. In the, I think Tyler Goodson's in that group. He probably falls towards the back of that group, but any other cash game slate, and I probably am jamming in Tyler Goodson against Purdue and then the other guy on the other side there David Bell not had the year we thought but he's only 7k and he's even cheaper on FanDuel when we get over there and talk about that for a minute those are the two guys I've identified DB is is there anything else that jumps out to you Uh, yeah those are the guys um I I think Purdue makes this close game I was looking at the numbers and Iowa is plus 15 on turnover margin Purdue is minus five you take that out of the equation like defensively Purdue is like like top five in like scoring defense like they're really been pretty good this season so I think this is going to be a closer game I like Purdue this week uh not to win outright but they're going to cover that number and I I think it's a slow ugly game so that's why I just don't think I can trust Goodson I think this Purdue defense is better than the ones we've seen previously so um yeah it's just a pass for me Sean here you go Dan I'll go further I think Purdue might win this game outright I was not that good Iowa loses by three touchdowns last week if Penn State doesn't lose like eight starters to injury. They were getting – Penn State was like minus three in the turnover differential, had been pinned inside their three three times and were up like three scores. And they were not losing that game. Then lose a running back, lose a receiver, lose a quarterback, lose two defensive tackles, lose a defensive end, lose a linebacker, lose a safety. Hey, all of a sudden Iowa comes storming back. I hate Iowa. Uh, They're just not – great they're good they're good their defense is great uh but they're a team that can lose a game to anybody that's competent because they're not explosive and they're very dull uh so i I do i think goodson is better suited in the group with um jerome ford in that he's going to be a good gpp play that nobody's going to play because people are going to play spiller and people are going to play um 
they're going to play Kenneth Walker. They're not going to play Tyler Goodson, and he's a decent play. But I don't think he's with them because I think he's he's definitely inferior to them in terms of plays. GPP-wise, though, I think he will be very under-owned and is a very good play. But, yeah, not much in this game. I'm, I can't play 7K for David Bell. Um, I, I can't really go anywhere. And the only option I was obviously um, – that of Goodson, who is solid. Like, I will say Goodson's solid. But, yeah, I think Purdue gives them more than they can handle in a letdown spot. And I think Purdue could win this game outright. All right, let's go to FanDuel real quick before we jump out of here. And if you want if you want to know where your quarterbacks went on the main slate, they're all on FanDuel, man. This is the word loaded. The slate is so good. Matt Coral, Caleb, Caleb Williams taking over for Oklahoma, we assume, uh, more than likely. Hendon Hooker, Bryce Young. Max Dugan, they're all over here playing on FanDuel on the night slate. It, it's going to be fun. Max Dugan should play uh, Zach Evans, TCU. Last week scored a touchdown at the end of the half. Did a little dance. Gary Patterson ripped him off the field and didn't let him back on. So I don't know what's going to happen with Zach Evans this week. Be aware of that one. But uh, DB, what, what are the players are we talking about on FanDuel before we jump out of here? Yeah, I think, you know, the uh, the Tennessee side here, this is an 82 total against Ole Miss. They're at home. And, you know, I think all these receivers you can you you're going to want some exposure to. Uh, Valus Jones has really kind of been the top target lately, and he's really, really good. 8200 feels a little bit pricey. Um, I didn't check the snap yardage, but I did or snap share. But I did see Hyatt did get a touchdown last week. Did he play any more? The normal last week, Sean, because he's real cheap at 5,400 in this game. But like just getting some exposure to Ole Miss, Tennessee, uh, that's going to be the the answer here, I, I think, in this one. And both those quarterbacks really priced up. But man, this 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 game's going to be a shootout. But those receivers feel a little bit underpriced. Yeah, from a receiver standpoint, Hyatt did not play tons more. Um, okay. So I don't know if he's just sort of been phased out a bit for uh, that of. Um, Bellis Jones. I think I think Bellis Jones is sort of like maybe past him in, in the the pecking order. But yeah, there. I mean, this hey, in shocking fashion and something I've never said before. FanDuel college football products better than DraftKings. Uh, they include the good games. Uh, the tournaments are better. Did you guys see the hundred K uh, monster this week? Yeah, I yeah. like it. I like yeah, it. Great yeah. monster. Decent structure. Decent. Already half full. I, so. The DraftKings 333 is actually fantastic, too. That's, like, their only product that's, like, good. Uh, but, yeah, no, FanDuel College Football product has the good games on it, has the games you want to play guys in. Um, so, Mississippi, one thing to note with Mississippi is, I talked about it a lot in Discord two weeks ago, the possibility of moving Ontario Drummond out wide, and if that happened, how much it would hurt him. Last week, they did not play Jane Jackson. They played Jacor Pearson, and they moved Ontario Drummond out wide. They scored 52 points, and Dontario Drummond had two targets. Uh, so I would be very wary about going to Dontario Drummond um, at that price point. Uh, I figured I would mention that at least and go over that. Uh, John Mechie is very cheap. Yeah, I think he's a really strong play um, in the games that we haven't talked about. Marvin Mims, Dan, I was all in on Marvin Mims last week. Were you with me? I was in. I, I had a lot of Marvin Mims last week. Yeah, got, got saved, had a really good day on Fandle because I had Mims uh, – but he's 7,500, probably a little bit too high for me to go there. Not terrible, um, though. It's, but not it's terrible. Like, no, no, yeah. not terrible. That, In my opinion, he probably is like a 7K-ish receiver most weeks. Uh, so, like, obviously last year when he was like 9,800 or whatever, it was absurd. But, like, this price point is pretty reasonable for what he should be. Um, 
Bayless Jones, good GPP play. Uh, Zay Flowers is an option. Jaden Hazelwood has played the most snaps every single game for Oklahoma. And I know he has not smashed any game, but the, the, the ability to get stats is there for him uh, at some point. And then Jalil Billingsley is really cheap as well as Malik Heath um, from the receiver standpoint. Big questions for the slate are really centered around the Tennessee Mississippi backfields. Uh, if Jerry and Ely does not play, yeah. we saw Henry Parrish have a really good game last week. This, it was another standard you play the right guy, and then the backup running back has all the touchdowns uh, with Snoop Connor last week. Uh, Grant, he was a good play too. Um, but Henry Parrish, a very strong play. Um, I think he is in play if we see Ely's out. And then Tyon Evans, news came out today where uh, Josh Heupel said that he's more optimistic that Tyon Evans is going to play than he was the other day. Well, I didn't know there was much of a question on if Tyon Evans was going to play till that comment. So uh, last week, Jabari small, we had no clarity on, they warmed him up and then he didn't play a snap, but like, hypothetically, if you get like him out and you get Tyon Evans out, uh, Lenneth Whitehead is, is like a smash play or similarly, like if Evans is out and small, small plays, plays. And you're confident small plays, small's an elite play. If, if you know, small's out and Tyon's going to play, Tyon's a great play. Um, and then I'm going to tell you what Nick Saban's going to do if he gets the ball to one yard line again. He's going to give the ball to Brian Robinson. Uh, he, he he got taught a nice lesson of like, you just give the ball to Brian Robinson, let him score a touchdown instead of not scoring a touchdown. Um, so I think Brian Robinson probably has a pretty good game here. Um, and then there's some other running backs that are decent. That That's enough with the running backs. And then quarterbacks, um, I think in cash games, if you get news that Caleb Williams is definitely in and writ and you're he's not going to be all, right. He's got to be, he's got to be. I, I think so too. It doesn't make any sense for them to go to Rattler. I think then in that scenario, the quarterbacks are two of Coral, Caleb Williams and Sam Howell. Um, I do also think hooker is obviously a great play, but I would rather go with the other options. Um, and then Dugan, He's a great GPP play. I, I could go there and cash if I was confident with him, but Gary Patterson is right up there for more on of the year in the coaching department. He's terrible and absolute dumb, dumb. Um, and he, I don't know what the deal is with Dugan. I don't know what the deal is with Zach Evans other than Gary Patterson. Just he's looking to hit the unemployment line and, and hopefully he can uh, have success getting there soon. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot of good plays in the night slate, a lot of good plays overall in general. And generally on Fandle, you have more ability to make things happen than DraftKings, um, which I always prefer. I, I like being able to, to play good plays instead of having to sort of like what dumpster I have to try to, to, to dig out of. Would you play like a 4K, almost like total throwaway to get those big guys? I, as Fandle? of right now, I'm considering a guy under 5K at receiver to get everything yeah. else I want. That's always been one of my favorite things to do on FanDuel yep. is just find that 4K guy with a pulse that can maybe catch a touchdown or get you seven points and then just get you all the absolute studs. And I think it's it's in the conversation with this 82 total we have. So Well, and it, it comes back to the whole discussion. Like I, I last week I got smashed on DraftKings. I, I crushed on FanDuel, you know, and it's a situation where if I'm playing – five studs hypothetically speaking like let's say i'm playing five studs 
And I play last week, Marvin Mims, and he has a good game at a really cheap. I had last week, Marvin Mims and Keaton Thompson. I could not fail with them because I'm playing all studs. Like even the studs, like we talked about Malik being terrible, Malik being terrible, still 15 points. So like, if I get these other guys that like are actually producing at these cheap price points, you're going to do well. So hypothetically, like, yeah, like I, I, it's not quite the 4k guy, but like, let's say Jane Hazelwood goes five for 50 in a touchdown. If you're playing Jane Hazelwood, then you're playing like Matt Coral. You're playing like Hendon Hooker. You're playing like Bijan Robinson or whoever. You're not going to do poorly most of the time in the event that that happens. So I, I definitely, I definitely think if you can find a cheap guy with some pulses or cheap guys that maybe can make some plays happen, it's very difficult to fail on Fandle when they come through. And when they don't come through, sometimes you can still overcome that by the studs you had. Like earlier last, in the year, I played total zeros and then Coral and my quarterbacks, and I played Coral and Hal. They got me 110 points. So it didn't matter that that guy did nothing. Okay, last thing, because I know we got to go. Josh Downs at 10-5. I mean, that's, that's a big wide receiver number on FanDuel. Do you still jam him in? Uh, I think yes. I think FanDuel is a lot better. I think he's more playable on FanDuel than DraftKings, but I think he's playable on both. He's just – he's a – wide receivers are cheap, though. Like, you get Mitchie at 7,600. I mean, geez. Uh, I, no arguments on, on that part of things with Mechie being cheap. I, I mean, I agree with that. But, like, for example, projections-wise, and, and Josh Downs is one of the guys I'm, like, very confident in his projection because he's always so consistent. So, like, it, your projections are going to be a lot more consistent when you're consistent. So, like, Downs gets, like, 10 to 12 targets every game and, like, 100 yards and one or two touchdowns every game. So like every game he is so consistent that it's like his projection. I'm always super confident in, um, but downs projects currently six points better than every receiver, which is a significant amount. That's like 25% better than any, any single receiver, uh, any other receiver on slate. Whereas like running backs are a lot more jam packed together. All right. We got you through it. That's that's we got to get out of here. That's enough for PSU fans for DB seven thirty. I was always head chopper. We'll be back next week. Get in Discord, but until then, we're out of here.